Hello and welcome to You Made Me Watch That, where two film studies professors aim to expand each other's cinematic knowledge one recommendation at a time. I am your co-host, Wickham Flanagan. And I am your co-host, Colleen Kennedy Carpot. This episode, we are discussing <laughs> Marvel? Is, is this the oh. Marvel episode? We've also thought of the alternative name of the Thirst Watches. Um, but maybe Marvel is more appropriate. Mar- Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, let's with... let's be more specific. Yes. Later, well, more recent. Well, yeah, we Marvel. are we are entering the Marvel Cinematic Universe tentatively on tiptoe um, with the recent <laughs> films. My recommendation: Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. Is that the title? I believe of so. Thing? And okay. my recommendation of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. A.K.A. Doctor Strange 2. A.K.A. Stranger. Um, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. No, that is something This else. way comes. Um, so, yeah, I, I want to blame your, your lovely husband for this, uh, Colleen, <laughs> because he wanted... Of, there was... Yes, the story goes it was, what, last weekend? Yes. On, and we were recording this after the devastating earthquakes in the South. Yes. So we are... We're 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 all fluff all the time yes. on the television when it's not complete yes. utter destruction on the television these days. So he suggested that we watch Multiverse of Madness, and I balked a little bit. <laughs> that's the one that Wickham likes. <laughs> exactly, that's the one that Wickham has recommended to me. I don't know how many times, and I said, "Oh wait, there's Ch- there's Shang Chi. Tony Lung is in it." And then my dear husband, who supposedly knows me, um said, Tony Lung, who's that? And I said, well, I would really rather watch this one. <laughs> we went back and forth again for a few minutes. And then finally I said, we'll watch with whichever one is shorter. And Shang-Chi is short, shorter by about five minutes. About five minutes? About yeah, they're five both pretty shorter. long. They're both more than two hours long. Yes. Which, which is probably too long for it, both of them. For all of them. All of them. I, this happens to me every night. I think to myself, what I need right now is... Yeah, 90 minutes. A all film all that... killer, no filler. 90 minutes, and it's done. Yes. You turn pig. it off. Pig. Pig. Truly. I, it really makes you appreciate Pig it in really retrospect does. to, to yep. Shang-Chi. I was going to say also- <laughs> Because they're such similar movies. <laughs> I was going to say I'm showing Sweet Smell of Success to ah, my, my uh-huh. film, media, uh, film history class. 90 minutes. Yeah. 95 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Tight. I forget how long Out of the Past is. It's probably a bit longer in than that. In the Mood but... for Love. 90 yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful, tight 90 minutes. With Tony Lung. With Tony Lung, yes. <laughs> I mean, don't yeah. you want to spend more time with Tony Lung? Who doesn't? Apparently. Um, he's a, he. We were just talking about, we were doing the podcast before the podcast. He is a very handsome, good actor. He's, he's good in he's Shang-Chi. Really, he is good. He doesn't phone it in at all. Uh, we're starting with Shang-Chi, I guess, which I think we I, should. Yes. Because Shang-Chi is... We're saving the best one for the well, second one. we're going to need... <laughs> we're going to get into this. But Shang-Chi at least is like... A, it's a first movie. This is sort of a character yes. introduction. But there are movie. ties to other movies as well. Unfortunately, yes. Um, though fewer... Again, my issue with the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that I am at the point... And, and both, both of these films really hit this yeah. home for me. I don't know what I don't know. Right. And that is really starting to be a problem. And I'm so reaching I a think, point yeah. where I know too and, much. And I don't <laughs> care. Oh. Oh man. Yes. But see, I think we have just we have hit the crux in the first so, five minutes of our episode. Well, of we, we are actually dilemma timing this in the year twenty twenty three. We are timing this pretty effectively because Ant Man and the Wasp three uh just came out in theaters. And if you watch the trailer for that, 
like the amount of n- not caring that one can go into this big. I think they're starting phase five. As if oh, I knew still what doing phase the exactly. As if I knew what phase four was. Much less phase <laughs> was three. Was there a phase four? <laughs> Apparently, and uh, it's it's just it 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 has uh, become so tiresome. And I think you know I have I have my my love for Doctor Strange too, but I think the fatigue is really starting to set in. Doctor Strange two was only last year. Uh, I forget Shang Chi. I think was also last year. Shang Chi. I think it was uh, two, two years. years ago. Yeah, has it been that long? I believe so. I oh. might be wrong. Well, they're um, roughly contemporaneous. Yes, they're both in the same phase. Oh, are they? <laughs> yes. Did you research means. this? No, I I sort of know y- this. You're okay because this was the big Disney Plus push with all these shows right. as well. Well, also, um, I think Shang Chi is one of the films that sort of got disrupted by yes. pandemic yes. viewing. Yes, it was along with a bunch of other. But it did pretty well. Film. I it mean, well. I guess. Well-received movie, Shang-Chi. Was it? Yes, very well-received. I thought, I, my understanding was that it kind of got uh, disrespect that I don't think was deserved. I think it sort of carried some of the burdens of Marvel more broadly um, in well, that, the reception. That's but the that was just my impression. Thing. Well, that's the frustrating thing about all these movies is that you, we were just, we've mentioned the word Marvel vacation, right? The, no. The, what? You mentioned Marvel that. vacation? The Marvel vacation. Marvel, Marvel vacation. I like Marvel Vacation more, even though that sounds like a Marvel Vacation. Yeah, which I've taken. Since Marvel about Vacation. Twenty eight. Twenty. Yeah. Marvel, Marvel vacation. vacation started in about twenty thirteen. Yes, where you saw <laughs> Iron Man. No, I saw Iron Man the first one in yeah. theaters, and I think what? I must have seen the second one, possibly the third one also in theaters. I la- I, I sort of followed the Iron Man series, yeah. the one with Mickey Rourke. Yes, that's Iron Man. I remember two. seeing that one. Um, don't specifically Iron is Iron Man three the one where he keeps saying New York like very cryptically because that's what happened in the first Avengers movie. Probably sort of, Iron Man sort of three make a has fake nine eleven essentially for the plot of the Avengers. Iron right? Man three has the most direct ties actually to Shang Chi. Weirdly enough, which one? Iron, Iron Man, Man three. three. So do you want to get into this nonsense for a second, real quick? The one cool subversion. I have yoga Iron class Man. after this, so let's... You know. Shane Black wrote and directed Iron Man 3. I actually really like Iron Man 3 because it's a bit sillier and tongue-in-cheek. But there's a villain in there called the Mandarin, who's yes. played by Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. Who turns out to be a fraud. Spoilers. Yes. And it's a fun little subversion. And, yes. And it turns out the Mandarin actually is Tony Lung. Yes. So that was a cool little. That was nice, yes. And, you, and Ben Kingsley shows up in Shang Chi. He does, and he's and he's there it up. more than yes. Uh, see, we're going to have tons of spoilers. I yes, should, I, I mean, I think if you do a Marvel, that was a fun little surprise. Have, to be fair, I didn't know that. I didn't know that he was going to be in it. But and again, it was it, more than a cameo too. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing I think about Shang Chi that I appreciated. Like, there's a whole bunch of people in this movie, yes, um, who are in it for longer than they strictly need to be, but they bring it. And I mean, they bring it. They bring. More than is strictly necessary. Again, either the the length of their commitment and the extent of their giving um, are both to be lauded. Yes, and I think Shang Chi gets a bit of a pass in the sense that it's an origin story that does not feel like it's cobbled together from all these other origin stories, like Iron Man and Doctor Strange, and a lot of these other origin stories feel very, very similar. Of you know, piece of poop uh white guy arrogant guy 
suddenly realizes he shouldn't be arrogant and then becomes a superhero. And that Marvel has done that origin story. I don't know how, I mean, I, those two really come to mind. Um, Shang-Chi is not quite that. He's, well, no. He's, he's, not he's not white. He's not a white guy. Yeah, which exactly. is great. Let's start there. In terms of representation, there's a lot of um, kind of usage of Asian mythology in very sort of compelling ways. Um, and he's also, as a character, he's not a, he's not a bad person at the start. He's just kind of, you know, languishing and, and not, you know, doing, rising up for his, his destiny, as it were, the titular. It's sort of this, you know, prolonged adolescence, yeah. which, which is also a trope in movies. Just true, but maybe not as much in Marvel Marvel, yeah. Yeah. That's the the Judd Apatowification of comedy. But he he's not like bumbling and no, man child. No, 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 no. Well, yeah. not exact, not exactly. But yeah, he's he's slumming it essentially. Yeah. Um, and and so that was nice. Um, and and I would I just aside from that though, aside from it being an origin story, and so, so being, let, let's complete the origin arc for a yes. second, in in case there are folks who need that filler, uh, fill in for Shang Chi. So. Yes. Okay. He's we 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 open on this 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 guy who's not living up to his potential with Aquafina with Aquafina who is similarly not living up to her potential. Um, you know, failing she she's failing her Asian parents, and that's you know, there's that sort of line which yeah. which connects to a lot of her. Now, Aquafina was great in the farewell. I have to say, I watched that not too long ago. She Otherwise, was a little abrasive her, in yeah, this. Yeah, I think I found her a little annoying in this one. But I thought she was really good in the farewell. I think it uses that, that you know, that sort of resistance to her circumstances much more um, provocatively. And um, she felt typecast as the yes. sidekick comic relief. Yes, yes. Very I like them singing so. karaoke though. That yeah, was that was fun. It was like two seconds of screen time. I, know. <laughs> I could watch whole movies where Marvel characters sing karaoke. I think. Oh, I, I think you've just. Like pitched the next shorts series to Disney Plus, Wickham. Congratulations! Yeah, I need to be careful what I say. Yeah, um, and yeah, get so optioned. they get attacked by assassins on a bus. Yes. What is it with Marvel and buses? That's another. That's oh, it's another like question. a speed. I was taking it. It was like, like sort of a speed half reference. Half speed and half Raimi Spider Man. It was the yes. famous train. Uh, it's sequence. train. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Marvel really has train. it in we for to... public transportation, which is. I think just another have you right seen reading. N- nobody? What? Nobody? <laughs> so I've not watched the movie Nobody, but I was feeling particularly depressed, and I don't know why I, I would turn this on on YouTube. Who? Uh, I'm so sorry. I have to turn to Tylon. He knows this guy. What's his name? Bob Odenkirk. I oh, knew him from Better no- Call Saul. Nobody is made by the John Wick people. Oh, and it's Bob Odenkirk violently beating people up in a bus. And it's that's incredible. I just watched I the one the one 90. scene on YouTube, and now I'm sold. Is it a tight ninety? Look up. There's no way that sustains past ninety. Minutes. <laughs> well, I think they're making a sequel to it. Well, that that's how. It and John Wick past and Bob minutes. Odenkirk are going to meet up. No, seriously. I have no idea. I'm making that up. That'd be great, though. Um, it's the same guy. It's the same coordinator behind John. I'm Wick. glad you bring that up because I just want to put out there. I am not against cinematic universes per se. Okay. Okay. Because that honestly sounds incredible. Sounds incredible. Yeah. But I am, I'm a real, I, I cannot wait for John Wick 4. Well, buses... I love those ridiculous movies. I love all of them. One yes. thing I can say about Shang-Chi and Nobody and, you know, public transit, they, they afford a lot of like 
poles and things you can kind of swing through. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Shang-Chi does a cool, like, like going through a, yeah. the top of the bus, going out of it and coming back in. I like it when it's the accordion buses and they, they yeah. play with the separation of the accordion, which actually does happen occasionally, not to scare anybody. But apparently that happened once on one of the Rutgers buses while I was in grad school. And that is now the stuff of legend, I'm sure, on the New Brunswick campus. But on the topic um, of the buses. I don't believe it had anything to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If I can be very specific about yes. what I enjoyed about Shang-Chi. Uh-huh. The fights. It was like probably one of the best, if not the best, Marvel action movie because I could tell that they got a real stunt person. They got a real uh, shooting team Mm -hmm. to film these things. There was some CGI adled stuff with like him climbing on the side of the bus or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, whatever. There's one shot later on and I'm I'm a sucker for fights scenes in general. There's a specifically martial arts infused ones. There's a fight on the side of a building on a bizarrely bamboo scaffolding. I couldn't mm-hmm. quite understand why that would, uh, maybe that's a thing. I don't know. Um, where he like jumps through a bunch of them and then rescues Aquafina, who's dangling off of a particular pole that looked like yes. he was actually, like someone was actually doing that. Obviously that was a, they weren't, you know, about to fall off of a giant skyscraper, but um, that did not look super CGI out of, but, can I be very specific about what I hated about Shang-Chi? Sure. Visually. Everything what? is in front of a blue screen. <laughs> everything. Every mystical realm or like I guess when they're in an apartment building or when she's visiting Aquafina when they're visiting Aquafina's parents, that seemed to be a real room. But like the part that really bothered me when he's with Michelle Yo, who shows up? Who shows up? Who yeah. just spouts exposition, which yeah. is another problem I have with the movie. Well, I mean, what else do they have to talk about in these movies? They got to get anything it out there. more interesting. No, they got to than... get it out there. Uh, it's, it's anyway. Yeah, um, stick in. They're sitting. They're in like a sort of a bambooish grove or like a plant adult sort of training area, mm-hmm. and it's like you can't even spring for trees in the background. Like the floor is clearly real. Because they're falling on the floor. Mm-hmm. But everything around them is this blue screen. And that happens so often yeah. in Shang-Chi. And it's so clear when... Because it, it makes them all look like video game characters. It makes poor Tony Lung's head look like he's he's trapped in some sort of digital realm. And that's what turned me off. I, I had started Shang-Chi before because it was on Disney+. Plus. I was like, oh, I heard this is good. I want to watch it. I like I like these kinds of... Uh, these kinds of subject matter i like mm-hmm. i heard the action's really good blah 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 and and i was just turned off by all of him just in front of these cgi trees uh, fighting and flirting with his soon to be wife i'm like he's not re- none of these people are real none of these people are in these and it, it's a big stark contrast to when you can tell these people are actually fighting and mm-hmm. you have this really good choreography yeah, and yeah. the camera is sweeping and i just wonder what was what was the what was the division there? Like it's Asian. I think that's the connotation. Like if it you're gonna do an Asian Marvel movie, you'd better have the martial arts fighting and make it good. But then you're gonna will... really lean into the blue screen later for it's other weird. stuff. Yeah. I yeah, I agree. But there... I don't you know, it didn't bother me as much as it bothered you, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think now that you mention it, yeah, they really could have like did some location. Even Doctor Strange two had more sets. 
than Shang-Chi did. Oh, come on, but there was also a lot more. But usually it's like some sort of like cosmic void into nothingness. Like it'd be difficult to make that into a set. Point being, that really bothered me because it was usually bright spaces. It was usually Mm -hmm. bright nature spaces and i could tell it was just a blue screen there's a there uh, i have not seen andor even though thailand recommends it there is a technology that disney uses for its tv shows and probably marvel i forget the name of it but it's what's it called volume Volume, which is basically a blue screen backdrop for everything and if you watch something like this or if you watch the obi-wan kenobi show it just feels cheap because you know that these sets don't extend past, you know, a few feet beyond the actors. But if you look at Andor, which mm -hmm. I've not watched, but I've watched the trailer for, they did not use that technology. Mm -hmm. So it feels like a real Star Wars space. Yeah, but it's a real minimalistic sort of thing, right? I mean, like the, the original Star Wars and something like Star Trek, the next generation, which we talked about, like the aesthetic of TNG is... Yes. Again, physical. There's not. I mean, there's like the the beaming, which is clearly you know done in post. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like these are all physical spaces. But they're also looking back on it. You just go, oh, <laughs> this is what television looked like right. before the rise of digital. So I mean, I do you feel like the reliance on technology, like this, this to me is the really the sticking point. Does the reliance of technology in a film end up stifling creativity or encouraging creativity? Well, I, I should also say that you know, Elevzin animation, you know, there's so much. I know I've dabbled with it. There's so much work that goes into designing and and creating those CGI lions yeah. for example yeah. in Shang-Chi that look great they were cool they look awesome the dragons look cool yeah. uh, so again getting into details about the ending but for me when it feels like you don't want to build a believable space then it is stifling the the magic of the film itself it feels like you are overly relying on things to be filled in later because you just want to shoot it quickly hmm. we have this floor we have this blue screen we have michelle yo for a few days she you know we're just gonna knock this out and we're gonna add all of these fun pretty you know things in the background then it feels like you're rushing you're you're not fleshing out this world in a believable way so i don't know if it's stifling creativity as much as it's just uh, it feels like you're you're half stepping um the uh immersion of Mm -hmm. your world and if you look at this ant-man 3 movie Good God, it's just Michael Douglas just like (laughs) confused as to what he's, where he is. Like they're in the quantum realm, Colleen, you know where that is. And Uh, they look completely confused. Apparently Michelle Pfeiffer knows exactly where she is. Michelle Pfeiffer's in this movie? Yeah, she kills it apparently. Yeah, she's in Ant-Man 3. Okay. Everyone is in these movies, Colleen. I I was going to get to this. Is there literally (laughs) anyone left in Hollywood to cast in these things? I was thinking about it. I don't know. If, Literally anyone. I don't think Brendan Gleeson is in any of them. Dear Brendan, please <laughs> keep it that way. I Can you imagine what they do to him in Marvel? Like, are we going to get like some sort of magical like leprechaun something like. Colleen, I don't Irish know what road you're going down with this. I don't know. 
Um, there's probably some superhero that's an Irish stereotype. Um, uh, or several. Or several. Colin Farrell is the penguin. Yes. So I'm just <laughs> going, down the, I'm going down. I'm going down the banshees. DC. That ban- was DC. Right. The Barry Carrick. Barry, Barry Keen. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's yeah. in Eternals. Yeah. yeah, it's also true. He's in Eternals. Oh yeah. He's the creepy guy in the Eternals. Um, I don't remember this at all. Okay. Shout out to the Eternals, by the oh, way. Oh yeah, sure. I like the Eternals. The Eternals does not have this problem, by the way. It does not really? feel like a bunch of bad CGI spaces, at least to me. Like there's the, some weird CGI creatures that, in yeah, it. Yeah, there are. There, there are some CGI. I don't think there was any there. CGI used in the Eternals. I'm going to go on record as saying that's all practical effects. I'm joking. That's I, a, that's a thank joke. you. That's yeah, a that's, joke. that's right. Literally, the but earth I, is But I do egg. think that the Eternals is interesting because yes. you know, having since watching the Eternals, um, which I did because Chloe Zhao directed it, yes. I was drawn to that because of its connection to a particular director, which I think Marvel is not doing as much of anymore. No. I don't know why they gave that one to her specifically. I'm I don't sure know that either. there's a story. But she did manage to put some like visual touches that are her own, like like the, this notion of smoke. Fire, natural destruction. This is in a ton of her other movies. Big open spaces. Big open too. spaces. Yeah. Geographies. Yeah. Just sort of you know, sweeping landscapes. Again, yeah, that comes up again and again. Um, she has a fascination specifically for North American landscapes, which is interesting, yeah. which I don't think is uh, particular to Eternals. Um, but no, like visually, you can see some signatures. I guess she also co wrote it. Yeah. So there was this real like. Same with Shang-Chi, the director uh, co wrote it yeah. as well. Yeah, I need to but, look but I name. think just as a as a Marvel movie, Shang Chi hits the, the buttons much better than the Eternals does. Well, I, I, I what think I Chloe appreciate... Zhao's interest was a little bit more like the character dynamics, and she develops those pretty well in moments, but they don't really hang together. I don't think that's her fault. No, I think that's you know my... she she has to serve the universe somehow. My review of the Eternals is that I appreciate that it's boring and pretentious, and does not try to be anything other than that for its audience in a world where you do have a character like aquafina who feels like she constantly has to be joshing and jabbing and joking um again not as annoying as some i should say uh she she's she does fine yeah and she is allowed to be a human yes. she's not just like right. 100% sidekick she right. has a family we meet her she we has a job we sort of know what she likes so she does have character development in that sense yes but i appreciate that the eternals had none of that That's, well there are too many other characters i mean that i think is the difference between these you know so, ensemble marvel movies like the eternals or x men um, you know, you, 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 there are no sidekicks because it's a group. So but then the director Shang-Chi is, you know, launching a single hero who, yes, has, you know, human connections, whatever, but director, you know. uh, director Destin Daniel Cretton, uh, was also the one of the writers for Shang-Chi, hmm. did not seem to have made an action movie, big action movie, obviously, the scale before this. Um, but he does seem to be a fan of Kung Fu Hustle. Where yeah. there's a poster of it on the wall conspicuously behind, and that yeah. warmed my heart. I'm a huge Kung Fu Hustle fan, and I get the connection immediately. Supernatural, mm-hmm. goofy, um, you know, Kung Fu fighting yeah. um, with with CGI kind of, you know, uh, adling it in certain ways. It was more the, the backdrops. I was very distracted by that. But overall with Shang-Chi, especially by the end, where it goes full, crazy, borderline anime- fighting yeah um where a big set piece big set piece yeah. even with the even with that fake background when he's fighting tony lung 
and it's just like the 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 red rings versus the blue, blue rings. rings. Oh. Like I didn't care that it looked kind of fake. At and that can point. I just say I just paging Dr. Freud. The big boss is really his father. Yes. Well, Freud will come up, I'm sure, again when we talked about Doctor Strange. Oh, will um, it? Oh, well, well, maybe not for the movie. <laughs> okay. But anyway, Shang Chi yeah. was fine. I I enjoyed it fine. I think I I'm sick of not buying into these worlds, especially a world that I wanted to buy into in relation mm-hmm. to Shang Chi. And I and I'm a little sad that someone like Michelle Yeoh. We mentioned, we alluded to this. Just shows up just to say, "Here's a nice exposition wall that we've carved out of wood. Um, we're just going to kind of rattle through all this stuff." Like she does after you know we've we've talked about everything everywhere. Like she doesn't need to be just obligatory aunt character who pops in and you go, "There's Michelle Yeoh." But but this is really what I think Marvel casting ends up doing. Yeah, this is how they suck everybody in. Is they give them these you know you are. Exposition. Right. right. <laughs> By whatever other name, appearing at whatever moment in the film, like, that's your purpose. Yes. Um, I look forward to, you know, in the spirit of most of these origin stories, you know, back with, you know, the mediocrity of Thor or Captain America, I um, I look forward to seeing him, Shang-Chi, in these other Marvel movies. I would be excited to see that. Um, How many characters are they juggling uh, don't in even, Don't even ask. Don't I even... Just... Again, like they're the team movies, the ensemble heroes and the solo heroes. And now the problem is they keep trying to cohere the solo heroes to make these ad hoc teams. Well, here's what I would say. I would go on record as saying for you, Colleen, it Uh is a bit of a nightmare, but but it's, it's an incredibly effective balancing act. That first Avengers Infinity War movie. I feel like I saw that. Because they... I saw one of the Avengers movies. You probably saw the very first probably one. Probably the first one, and um, I don't think any of the others. But it, they effectively compartmentalize all the heroes. So it's like, how would Doctor Strange get along with Tony Stark? They all like they all like fight each other as well. Like it's it's the who would win in a yes. fight, Hulk or Iron Man, and so like I'm I'm making that one up, maybe. Well, it's or like it's I'm like not, their personalities sort of clash. Yes, in, exactly. In fun ways. And so they just wasn't that Joss Whedon's Avengers? No. So, no. So you are on a different Avengers train. I'm. I I am on a boat. I'm not even on a train. I but Infinity in War is really ocean. good. Infinity War is fun. The Guardians of the Galaxy show up in that one. I think I um, I half watched Guardians of the Galaxy at some point. Yeah, you 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 are you. It's a fading mist these, of the, yes, people. These things just again. But to, um, to bring this back to my husband, somehow they come up on my television because he's curious about things. My I don't point think in, he remembers them any better than I do. My point but, in mentioning Infinity War yeah. is I don't think it will get much better than that. That mm-hmm. movie is a. a a high wire act and it's the culmination of all of this stuff and it's actually pretty good and i don't think that any of these other marvel movies after that can really match that and even though i'm excited Ooh. to see shang chi i know that it's probably going to be this because the whole thing is these multiverses of multiple dimensional rifts and because you didn't watch loki or wandavision so can we no. get to your yes? So Shang Chi is uh, gets yeah. a tentative thumbs up. Yeah, I wish there was less CGI. Okay, but I, anyway. thumbs up for me too. I, I was entertained. Yeah, knowing as little as I do about Marvel, I yes. was entertained. Tony Lung has an interesting Tony Lung, English. All just yes, he speaks English yes. in this movie, which throws me. Always. It's not only English, but still was just like, this is weird. I saw it um, as a sequel to Lust Caution, which was weird. Well, he's that about is the a same... very interesting way to read that movie. <laughs> well, he's sort of, um, a, he's the same, 
He's around the same age. I don't see it as in. I don't see him as his uh, in the mood for love. Tony Lung. In the same That's. Way. I think that is true. Yes, but he, he's, he's aging gracefully. Oh, is he aging? <laughs> I hadn't noticed. <laughs> Speaking of thirst watches. Well, just, so what? Anyway. What is your? What is your question for me? Oh yes. Okay. So if we are segueing into yes, let me get this right. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yes. Okay, yes. This is a segment um, unique to this episode, perhaps, um, that I am calling Questions for Wickham. Okay. Um, I'm ready. Because Shang-Chi was all right. I mean, it I, was all right. I, yeah. I mean, there were references, but it's like I didn't have to be confronted with my own ignorance. Um, with Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, it was like, I have no idea who these people and are. And in some ways, that might have helped or connect. hindered you. Yeah. I, I really don't know. So, all right. Questions for Wickham. Question yes. number one. What Marvel property is Wong from? Because Wong was in both of them. Yes. Wong is the connective tissue. Wong is more specifically from Doctor Strange. Is he? Yes. Okay. But he shows up in Shang-Chi at yes. some points as well. At the very end, especially, I think. Yes. So it is, it's this sort of call into the multiverse. Okay. So Wong originates in Doctor Strange. I believe so, yes. Okay. Thank you. Um what are the references that are I'm supposed to understand in the Illuminati? Because here's what I recognize, okay. right? Agent Carter is playing Captain America. Yes. She is he she is his love interest. Whose love interest? Captain America's. But she is Captain America so there in is the a, Illuminati. There is a spin-off show where she plays an agent. Yes, Agent Carter. Agent Carter. And that was a series. So yes. so she's heavily involved with the people involved with Captain America. And I'm assuming, and I don't know this for sure, that she is also primarily the heroine for a, her own comic book series. Oh. So this is an alternative version where right. she exists. She actually yes. is Captain America in this case. Or, Cap or, or Ca Captain Carter. Carter. So is she has the Union Jack because she's right. British. Yes. What? Oh, yes. I didn't even notice that. Okay, yes. so yes, she can't be Captain America. I believe technically. so. Okay, um, of course. Patrick... But she says the same Captain America thing, which is, I could do this all day, which is oh, right. what Chris Evans says. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier. I yes. get that. Yes. That hasn't really changed. Um, also, there's um, um, the Fantastic Four guy. So that's like is a... That that's really... Like a... That's like a meme. Like people were like posting on. I think that people really wanted Krasinski to play him, or there was like a lot of rumors about is it. Rex it. Reed is that his name? Yeah, uh, uh, no. Reed Richards. Reed, yeah, Reed Richards. Um, so I don't know if that's like a joke. It's like a troll. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's going to actually be because they are making a Fantastic Four okay, movie. Because he's not actually Reed Richards in an existing Fantastic no. Four movie. Okay. But there was a lot of fan speculation or prophesizing that he would be a good. I, I don't. I, I'm not super well up on. My that. husband pointed at the screen and went, "Wasn't he Green Lantern?" And I said, "No, that was Ryan Reynolds." <laughs> <laughs> now we're back to the whole who's left. <laughs> They're really going to have to start like just putting Ben. And Affleck now Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool, which is even more confusing. Which is even, oh yeah, yeah exactly. Um, well, didn't they make? Um, no, I'm thinking of the Green Hornet, which is a. <laughs> Which I saw that. I, I mean, didn't think the Green Hornet would come up. No, well, Gondry, yeah. you know, Michel Gondry. So uh, anyway, there's the French connection there. All right, um, what else? There's the guy with the tuning fork on his head. So that is Black Bolt. That's a, that's real, a real character. That's a real character. I want to say he is the actor and character from maybe one of several spin off Marvel TV shows prior to their consolidation. They so were that's consolidated? like. Consolidated? 
for Disney Plus. So there was ah, a lot of different Marvel property shows, one of which is uh, Legion. Yeah. Shout out to Legion, best Marvel thing ever. Oh. Before Marvel got its grubby heads on it. Um, basically, they let them make a weird psychedelic superhero thing. Anyway, uh, Legion does not come up in this. Um, he, I think, is in one of these like random Marvel shows. Okay. And he's the same actor, so that was like a big bit, bit of fan service. Okay. Um, who else? There are a couple other characters there. Um, uh, Miss Miss Marvel, uh, Captain yes. Marvel. I didn't. Yes. She's in a Bond film. That actress. Oh. I don't know. She might be in that Captain Marvel movie. I have not seen the Captain Marvel movie. Okay, but so that, that may is, or may not be actual. We cannot like confirm. her friend in Captain Marvel is now oh, the actual. Now the actual Captain, okay. Yeah, or something I, like yeah. that. Um, I have no idea. Who else am I missing? I think that she would take Edgy to four. Oh yeah, but he yeah he's part of the Illuminati. He is like a subordinate in the first Doctor Strange who turns on Doctor Strange because he's um, he says that he helpfully explains this. Yes, at one point. <laughs> yes, uh, Doctor Strange says you were yeah you hated me in my other yes, universe. Yeah. Yes, that's I, basically I, their relationship. I picked up on that. Okay, good for you. Yay! Even okay. even Xavier because he's wearing he has the. The sci-fi chair from the animated series. Yeah, yeah. He even yeah, says, though, from the X-Men movies, he says, when someone falls, you know, he has like a line where he says like literally the same thing from the early X-Men movies, where my heart skipped a beat. Oh. Yeah, got oh, me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Gotcha, and you're Sir Patrick Stewart. It got me. Okay. <laughs> Is that a euphemism? No. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, question number three. If no one has survived the trip to the mountain ever, how did this Wu Wu Kama Sutra get transcribed in the first place? Can you please explain this to me? I don't. I can't explain that at all. Okay. It's like it's like a shrine to the eventual Scarlet Witch. Can I explain to you Wanda? Because you have no idea anything about Wanda. Wanda was in WandaVision, which yes. is basically a sitcom par I have not seen it, but I understand it's a sitcom parody. And I think probably the biggest contender to go against your proposal that Legion is the best Marvel thing. Yes. I think a lot of people think yes. WandaVision was WandaVision kind of loses its way in the end, whereas Legion it's it's a it's a apples and oranges thing because WandaVision is very cool. Um it it, it becomes more Marvel fakized restraining the word um like it becomes like a cgi kind of fight at the end but what's really great about wandavision that multiverse of madness completely ignores which i'm somewhat okay with when we get into my my weird fetishes i guess is that wanda is a very complicated very morally interesting character in wandavision where she is creating this whole out of her grief she's creating this whole family and she's living in this lie, and she's sort of torturing everyone around her. And by the end, she's sort of like, oh, that was bad that I was torturing everyone. I should learn to give up what I want most, which is this family. And then she reads this demon book at the very, very end. Ah, so that's what connects to yes. this movie. But but she has a whole arc. Right. And then in Multiverse of Madness, it's like, oh, screw everything, okay. which I'm kind of okay with. I mean, I, lo I like WandaVision for what it is, okay. even though it kind of messes with that. But All right. WandaVision is great. I would okay. recommend it. Yeah. All right. Um, question number four. Why does Danny Elfman go so hard? Because <laughs> he's working with Sam Raimi again. It's, it, the sound, the, yeah. The, the it's so score good. on this is really remarkable. Yeah. 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 There's a part where- I was so thinking I, the score is really great. And then the credits come up yeah. with Danny Elfman. That's why. Yeah. He's happy to be working with Sam. I yeah. think that- um, the part that I love is when 
It's a really terrible exposition dump that Chiwete Echifor is giving Dr. Yes. Strange about dreamwalking. <laughs> Believe and me, I was so grateful for this, like, okay. It gets so weird. I can actually understand it gets, when they're explaining it. Yes. But it gets so weird, and there's, like, all these dissolves with their faces, and it just cuts to Scarlet Witch, and there's this, like, twangy, like, electric guitar going, down, 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 as she's, like, going into her dream realm. And I remember sitting up in the theater going, oh, my, what is... What is this? It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> um, and uh, and then I yeah I, I that made me want to check it out. And it was Danny Elfman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes he phones it in. Sometimes he doesn't. He sure didn't this time. Yes. Sam Raimi also did not phone it in. Yes. Um, it doesn't always work out. Um, but again, I don't think that's his fault. I don't blame the directors for anything that's wrong with the Marvel. Cinematic no, Universe. no, I don't. There's no. a there's a there's a through line in Shang Chi of like him wanting to not knowing if he wants to kill people or not oh because he's a trained assassin because he's a trained assassin and he's thinking about killing his instructor and that feels like a that feels like something that a creative writer referencing these old kung fu movies would Mm -hmm. come up with as Mm -hmm. an interesting complicated through line for your main character and marvel just completely just like ah he does he's he's good he doesn't want to actually kill we're gonna kind of sideline that that feels like Maybe I'm. I'm just assuming that feels like what that director wrote, and then as the movie went on, they kind of buried it, and it feels like Sam Raimi probably had it. But I guess, I guess, because I'm more aware of what Sam Raimi would have brought to this kind of property of him making the Evil Dead. Yeah, for he example. even includes a zombie. I thought like there's Sam Raimi being Sam Raimi. There yeah, we go. That's yeah. where where that comes. Have you in. ever seen Evil Dead? No. It's a very gooey movie. That's oh, how God. I like to describe it. Lots right. of goo everywhere. All right. Very silly, gooey movie. Um, but yeah, we we like the first Spider-Man films. Yes. Um, endorse. 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 And I, having seen Sam Raimi phone it in in Oz and the Great and Powerful, oh God, which is just a <gasps> rice cake of a film. Um, That's one way to put it. Yeah, a, a rotting rice cake. Um, <laughs> To see to see him come at this with enthusiasm, to see yeah. him with Danny yeah. Elfman coming out with yes. enthusiasm, yes. it was very exciting. Yes. Question number five. Yes. Would you divorce your wife <laughs> just to be able to remarry her with the words "I love you" in every universe in your new vows? Oh, that's that's very sweet. Um, no, <laughs> um, but I would not mind. You know, Alev wearing more casual red eyeshadow. We are just gonna. <laughs> okay. Question number six. Uh, why am I so much more unsettled by Cumberbatch speaking American than Tony Lung speaking English? <laughs> Cumberbatch's American accent is really unsettling. And I think, is this just me? No, well, I think I, think I, it, I find it so off putting. Well, I think he's so much better at it in Power of the Dog. You think? I think his Doctor Strange voice is a little more awkward, personally. Hmm. I noticed that in the first Doctor Strange. I was like, he's like, I don't care about chakras or yeah, the yeah. divine. Yeah, like, yeah. he doesn't sound. It's. Like like Austin Butler can't quit Elvis. Yeah, this guy can't quit uh, the Grinch because he voiced the Grinch. You know. Oh, okay. For one of so these animated he's, he's Grinches, bringing his Grinch. he's bringing the Grinch voice. Yeah, that was there was a, a line that he said. And I can't remember what it was. But it was like God, it's the Grinch all over. But then in Power of the Dog, I, I wasn't thinking about it at all. No, he was very natural. I mean, no, he's a very creepy true. guy in yeah, that anyway. Well, that's, that's but that's true. But um, I think it is his Doctor Strange voice. He's a little more stiff. Yeah, yeah. Um, next question. Uh, ha- last question. In yeah. fact, how many walls of your house would you replace with copies of the Scarlet Witch Shrine? So if you could give me a number, I'm looking for a number. Two. Two? Yes, just two. Which which walls? Um, I'm going to guess one of them is the bathroom. No. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, here we go. Uh, so Elizabeth Olsen, um, 
I, what occurred to me, this, there's an interesting connection with Coraline, actually, where you have doppelganger evil mothers. Yes. And it occurs to me as a running thematic, because I love Hitchcock. Mm. I like evil mothers, and I like doppelganger evil mothers in comparison to Coraline. Mm-hmm. But now you've complicated it in a Freudian way, because you've given her, it's Elizabeth Olsen who's very attractive, and you've given her this really great red eyeshadow, and she's killing people indiscriminately, and she's like femme fatale, and so I'm immediately more on board for her as a person. <laughs> so that's my that's my two cents on Elizabeth Olsen. I just like witches, Colleen. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> She she looks she she she's intimidating. Like what I love about all that fan service in the middle that we've gone through. Have we? I well, feel like we're, some we're of dropping it. the bag on a lot of this. Is that she just murders the fan service? It's like here's a bunch of stuff for the fans. None of it matters. We're just gonna <laughs> kill off uh, Mr. Fantastic indiscriminately in a, in a deeply horrifying way. Mm-hmm. And she's like a Terminator. There's like a there's like a Carrie reference where she's got the blood on yeah, the side yeah. of her face. Yeah. Um, she's got the red eyes. And it makes no sense for her character to be like this. But like, I don't know. It, it was just so much giddy fun for me of like the way she's manipulating um, the people on the battlefield and the, and the mystic world you know monastery or wherever they yes, are and, sacred ground etc and um, then she this is me being what does she say this is me being reasonable reasonable she has the cool witch fingers i don't know colleen a, a, a sexy witch is i i'm i'm presupposed to probably enjoy it and another thing that i want to point out in terms of our thirst watches um i'm not going to deny that this is a factor of why i enjoy this probably more than some people um but with Rachel McAdams, I've always been a fan of Rachel McAdams, yes. by the way. Okay. Um, since Mean Girls. Um, she is literally wearing, and I don't know why, I don't know what Sam Raimi is doing. She's wearing like a Emma Peel outfit. She has like a lab, like a the like a coat. jumpsuit thing with the belt that looks straight out of British sixties British television. Okay. And I never thought of this before. I watched it again for preparation for this podcast because it's an intricate yeah, I tw- movie. I really twisted your arm. For yeah, that it was one. an intricate film that required a lot of you know complexity and yeah. analyzing. You rewatched this one before you even got to Shang Chi. <laughs> yes. Just for yes. the record, let's. <laughs> I really like it. Um, I, uh-huh. I, I'm, I've gone on record at saying I think it's. I think here's what I'll say. Shang Chi is a, is a movie. Okay. Doctor okay. Strange yep. is a series of colors and lights yeah. and dialogue. And a whole lot of the like twisty, like yes. um, psycho shower drain camera work. Yes. Tons and, of this. And enthusiasm behind the camera and mystical people doing mystical things. And so as a series of that, I think it's pretty great. As a movie, I don't know if it really hangs together. It doesn't. Yes. I'm, I'm here to say, I, I nope. <laughs> But I could get I could get really on board with the the pacing of it the the motivation even the Scarlet Witch stuff which obviously I have more of a connection to because I've seen WandaVision when when the kids are singing their ice cream song and she's inside the body of the other one and she has this family connection for the first time I'm I'm tearing up I'm tearing up at Doctor Strange two multiverse of madness I am feeling everything that Sam Raimi wants me to feel he has he has done an interview where he said something like. Um, you, you you put a little bit of water and you let the plant grow for the audience and you put a little bit, like he talks about like tending the emotional core of a movie for an audience. 
And I feel like he does that with this, even if you do need all this, you know, history and homework to really appreciate it. And I'm not going to deny that, like, there's this really incredibly silly bit where Rachel McAdams picks up an urn that she somehow recognizes. Yes. I I don't understand. She names it as some sort of famous artifact. (laughs) And she sets it on fire and she blows up a demon and she goes, go back to hell. Like, that feels... Straight out of like early two thousands, the Mummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way that um, I could really. Yeah, appreciate. It, it, it blends camp elements with fan service, and and I think of an interesting balance. Yes, uh-huh. while not really holding together. No, but and I don't think you can. I mean, that's again, like this is sort of where the Marvel universe <laughs> is going to start falling apart because what it needs to do is not something that you can ask a single movie. Ever right. to really accomplish. Who directed the first Doctor Strange? Do you know? Um, Scott Derrickson. Okay. Who is a horror director ah. primarily. He made um, Sinister, which is ah. a, a pretty decent That's the one with movie. Ethan Hawke? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's done Exorcism and Emily Rose. He's done some bad horror films too, but um, he's known for horror. He was originally going to make the second one. Probably they wanted him to include a bunch of stuff he didn't want to, but Sam Raimi brought it, like you said. Yeah. He brought his horror. He showed up. Influences, seances. Yep. Um, And so I will acknowledge that while I do appreciate, you know, I've never appreciated Elizabeth Olsen more than in this role. She's, I think, the MVP of this film. In in the camp. She understands the assignment and and aims for 100%. Yes. And and I am not going to deny there's probably some weird thing going on with me that we don't need to get into about it. But we don't. Um, wow, the mic's on. It's like a femme fatale, but just super, roll the couch like, over here. Tylon, get the couch. <laughs> Gotta get my legal pad. Supernatural femme fatale. I like the color red. Did I mention that? You're wearing your red shirt. I'm today. wearing my red shirt in honor of Scarlet Witch. Ah. Um. And I, well, the weird thing I will say about Multiverse of Madness is that people who typically don't like Marvel, the students who I've talked to, people that I've talked to, typically enjoy that one because it embraces the silliness of the whole concept. Um, and I understand that you sort of need to be familiar with some of these characters and some of these yeah, components. Yeah, I just felt lost yeah. a lot of the so time. That, that can get, you can get bogged down in that. But yeah. I appreciate that it is a silly-ass movie in a, in a really silly, could be very silly franchise. And it, it's, it, it feels like it comes from a place of heart, which I know is a weird thing to say. Having watched Thor Love and Thunder, which again is my go-to for... In both of these examples, the action in Love and Thunder is so perfunctory. It's like, here, they're going to do a cool thing over there. They're going to do a cool thing over there. Done. And the the directing is so listless and tone deaf. I, I think Taika Waititi is probably trying to get out of a contract. Yes, that's what something. exactly what it feels like. Yeah. And so I look at Shang-Chi and I, with the action and I look at this with its, its, its gung-ho, I'm Sam Raimi, I'm back, baby. And I can really, I really appreciate that um, about both of these, even though I have misgivings uh, about the aspects of them. So um, I'm, I'm happy you watched it. I'm sorry if you were confused and you suffered. And yeah, I didn't suffer for my confusion. I just recognized that like there's way too much homework for me to do at this point to really jump in. And that that I think really is, like I said, this is the crux of the problem that Marvel is going to have at this point. You know, I'm not anti, but. I don't enjoy these enough to, you know, go yeah. to the theater and shell out money or just, you know, 
when Wes Anderson is sitting right there on Disney Plus, <laughs> yeah, why would I spend time on this when you know Nomadland is next to Eternals? I'm gonna go and watch Nomadland again, which I did do the other night. It was also wonderful. So, you know, it's like just personal priorities. Again, you know, I'm not gonna be like I'm not total like team misreading Scorsese as anti-Marvel, but I'm kind of team Scorsese in that like let's let's leave some space for other stuff, and it's it's. I'm sort of waiting for the point where it's just going to kind of eat itself. We're, we're, we're yeah. reaching Ouroboros. It's going to come full yeah, yeah. circle. Yeah, and yeah. and I just, I don't know how this ends. Yeah, I wasn't so, even a big... So I'm I'm the target demographic for this in the sense that I I have watched most of these things, right? And even I am feeling like a lot of people love the newest Spider-Man movie, which I'm assuming you haven't seen, which is a bunch know. of fan service as well. I haven't seen anything but the, Span- the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, okay. in fact. Um, it's fine. I did but, like those. But I was... That was before they universed everything. Right. And I think that shows. If I could, in the spirit of Spider-Man, uh, Into the Spider-Verse is incredible. I did see that Okay, one. okay. I did see That's that incredible. One. Yes, yes. Because um, yes. it's isolated. Yeah. Anyway, uh, even though it does- it's also multiverse. Even though, well, it does acknowledge a bunch What's of- What's with the multiverses these days? That's, that's Well, other... that's their big push, Colleen. Why? Let's just make it more confusing. But I think the Ouroboros thing is 100% accurate because- They've ended it. They literally had a movie called Endgame, and then they're like, "We need a bunch of TV shows now, <laughs> and we're gonna span, you know, expand on all this stuff." And like, sure, WandaVision found a very novel way of showing where that character ended up, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't keep churning out all the stuff because, you know, not all of them are gonna be these kind of bursts of creativity or, or, or origin stories. Like, there's barely any more heroes to, to originate anymore. You, you've done it all. Like, She-Hulk has her own show. And and it's a lawyer show. And it's a lawyer. It's like a sitcom. And, and Moon Knight with uh, Ethan Hawke. What? Sh- yeah. I tried watching that. I don't even know what this is. That was kind of cool. But then I got bogged down in how cheap it all looked. Anyway. <laughs> just such, such an esthete. There's it's... not enough hours in the day. No. there No, there isn't. I mean, when... who, who is doing all of this? I mean, that's the thing. Like at, at the beginning, you could, you know, count on people to get to the movie theater like five times a year, mm-hmm. let's say. I think that was the initial target. You know, four or five times a year, you go to the theater and you watch the one or two series. Like that's a normal human amount of, of culture consumption. What you need to do in order to be, boom, right on top with all of this is just too much. Yeah. Who has the time for this? It is a full-time job, marveling. Like really, especially just... when it feels like you've ended your first year of, or or your full college career of of education, and then there's a whole other college education that you have to well, learn. That's and called it's grad less school, inter- and I did this once already. <laughs> and it's not as interesting, except graduate school. Going back to our college <laughs> episode is interesting in real yeah. life. Yeah. Point being, yeah, I I'm totally with you. I'm I'm feeling the fatigue, even while I can appreciate the ridiculousness of Doctor Strange. I I. Yeah, I just how are you gonna how are you gonna validate the people who have done everything while also throwing in enough yeah. of this, you know, exposition yeah. for the people who haven't done anything? And even, you know, that exposition is I'm grateful for it, but it really isn't enough. Sorry. Are we out of time? Uh yes, that's I have I have to hustle to my yoga class. <laughs> it's time to wake up, everyone. Sorry, yes, and cleanse my mind of 
marvelness. Okay. Um, no, I appreciate I, that we get to talk about this. Yes, I appreciate um, that you answered my questions, Wickham. Yes. I, I mean, we, not not most of the ones that you probably have for me in general. I, I don't... Well, that's 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 all that Dr. That's another, Strange really inspired. Okay. But yes. Um, the couch can be for another time. That's another podcast. I, that's... I don't know. Uh, <laughs> not this one, I would guess. No. Are you, would you like to sign us out? All right. That is our Marvel episode. You Made Me Watch That is a production of the Department of Communication and Design at Buell Kent University. You can support the podcast by subscribing with your favorite audio app and by following the Buell Kent Cinema Society on Instagram at Buell Kent Cinema, all one word. Shout out especially to Buell Kent Cinema Society, which is continuing in-person screenings on campus, despite whatever craziness we are under, uh, we are under from the powers that be in higher education in Turkey. So please check out at Bukent Cinema on Instagram to keep up with the programming of the Bukent Cinema Society. Um, our cover art for the podcast was designed by Denis Vaditungur and our weekly thumbnails are designed by Ali Eren Celebi. Our theme music was composed by Dazi Azovsky, who you can also follow in, on Instagram and Spotify. This episode was produced by Tyla Nakul and the Bukent Cinema Society with extra teşekkürler to our tech wrangler, Özcan Akar. Do you have any special thanks for in, in the spirit of auteurs making Marvel movies, I would be very curious to see a David Lynch mo- uh, Marvel film. I understand that after Dune, he is never going to make a big budget movie ever again. <laughs> um, have you ever seen him talk about his conversation with George Lucas? No. It's fantastic. He's like, and then he took me to this room and there were these Ewoks. And then I got a headache and I had to leave. I'm summarizing. <laughs> Um, but what I would, what I definitely want to shout out again, uh, with Dan Stevens, Legion is probably the closest we will get to a very psychedelic, psychological, very experimental Marvel property show. And I highly recommend if you're a Marvel fan, if you like David Lynch, check out Legion. If you want real movies, go watch Nomadland or Songs My Brothers Taught Me. Um, other Chloe Zhao films. Eternals is great. It's fine. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you.